0: Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm this morning. My course, as usual, Aiden.
1: I it, guys? Arsenal taking on relegation battling Nottingham Forest at the City ground, you know, where they have claimed many victims, or many scalps, you know, I would say, this season. And, you know, us hoping Arsenal can just kind of end the game strong, because I think if we did pick up all three points, City would be crown champions. You
0: know but that? I- like, I mean, I'm not certain I randomly burst out laughing. It's like, you know, the way people called it, like, if you think of it, like, say what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, when they said, yeah, let's just say Arsenal lose to, to Brighton and to Forest, And I was thinking, if yeah, those people's words are going to be true. And I mean, it's not coming from from people that, that you know, have been now watching the game for ages or whatever. And then... Either, like, either playing it as a professional or you know being a pundit, a professional pundit. And I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, they are gonna be rock. We're gonna somehow, you know, might have a battle against Brighton and that, and then we're gonna, you know, easily see off Bright, uh, a Forest. Because I was, I don't know, my mind was thinking, you know, leading up to this Forest game, I was just thinking of that, that cameo that Reese Nelson had when he came on as a sub in that that game at the Emirates. And then on the day of the match, I started having this look, you know me, and I'm like very confident going to a match in it. And then yet for this game, I'm thinking, oh god, they're gonna screw this up. Somehow, they're gonna screw this up. And, and as I said, going to this match, I had a weird feeling that we weren't gonna turn up for this fixture. And it's not like all that, that that sort of feelings and emotions of end of last season was starting to come back really strong to me. And I mean, you know I I can be very I'm a, very positive person regarding Arsenal. but I mean, I tell you, all this stuff just started coming back to me in a rush.
1: Yeah, I think you're the, you're the more positive one sometimes between the two because I'm already the one that is, ah, I you know I have a weird feeling about this. But to be honest, I think all, all the emotion was gone after that Brighton defeat because I think, you know, no matter what we do now, there's, there's no point in it. And I was hoping we'd end strong. But, you know, that, that kind of excitement before kickoff and everything was, you know, all faded because of, you know, how they just folded nothing. You know, I, I don't know what, what Kieran Tierney did that he got demoted to the bench. I mean, I just shows, I don't know, but, you know, the end of did of, the now because he know rather, you know, played what the you know, play, Kivio had left back and um party right back. I mean, I don't know what what the, the tactical thing was. There was exchange between Tierney and, 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 and um, and not because it just seemed like TNE just never got the opportunities this season that you know the guy should have gotten. I don't know if it's the way he was playing, but I mean, for the past few seasons, you know, TNE's been very been reliable.
0: I mean, I'm I'm with you with that. I mean, to, to me, to be honest, uh, the things already started getting confusing when I saw the lineups. And I mean, for me, St. Thomas' party at the right back and then White at center back. Okay, fine, we knew that, know that part. But then, of course, he yeah, had you at left back. And I thought, look, he's he somebody that's solid, but he's not going to be bombing down the wings and something. Like and honestly, I don't know what Arteta was, was pla- planning at or thinking of, but it made absolutely zero sense. And I mean, from the start of, of the game, the team looked already disjointed. You could see it was like a more of a patchwork side. And then, I mean, the, the team that should be going for three points, it looked anything but.
1: Yeah, I know it's. Uh far Forest whether the ones playing with something on the line. It just looked like the the, the Arsenal were, were 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 flat lackluster. And you know the disappointing part of this is that you know had Arsenal beaten Brighton, it probably would have been, you know, more on the line to try to get the result. But like this team, I, I don't know, you know, once again just, just have haven't been pitching up. Is it is it fatigue? Is it is it exhaustion? Is it is it uh, the fact that they know, you know even if they win yet, City wins, the league is done. Like, what is it? Because if you had to make things difficult, I'm sure City would have been at some point at the panic, but it's like, if you, if you go back to the Sheffield United game, you didn't have to kick the ball to, for Arsenal to even mess up and, 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 and um, allow City the option to, to, to gain, gain traction in the title. They were probably wondering what the FA Cup semi-final. And it's just Arsenal just keep throwing things away and, and I don't know if it's, or it was Arteta playing this thing in the ground and there was a YouTube video that you sent me as well, you know, that they told me to watch and, you know, maybe it's time we, we stop having this kind of a, a A-team, B-team kind of thing. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah. Um... I think it was maybe in the talking point section also just elaborate yeah. on that video that we did watch just so to make more sense to the listeners. Yeah. Um, I mean, like for me, by the time Odegaard made him, it he's like he is a, a weekly screw-up. Because, I mean, again, it's, I don't know if it was another third or fourth game now in a row where he's misplaced pass actually leads up to a goal. And I mean, by the time uh, table, uh puts Forest 1-0 up, I mean, for, for me, right then, then everything like, just went to shit after because... We weren't in a, an attacking threat for the rest of the match and i mean that's why I didn't like really go into pinpoint form of, of whatever regarding the review of this match because i mean for me the passes were all over the place attacking threat was a little to none at all and i mean i actually didn't know what why we even even bothered that now because i think i still wrote into one of my that also facebook group that i'm on and i said why don't we just put the academy players out if this was sort of what they were going to dish out. Because, I mean, as you said, yes, I think it is probably fatigue and I think Kieran Gibbs also called it well the other day on ESPN, where he said like this was like a team that was like played into the ground and the the, the, the way that the players were used and man managed was, I mean, the it, 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 it got found out the last, like, say, one or two months of the season.
1: Yeah, no, there was, like, no rotations. It was just literally game in, game out, game in, game out, game in. Like, Saka was played to the ground, and, and we forget there was a World Cup that took place. Yes, there was about four or five extra games, but there's a lot of there's a lot that comes with preparation for a World Cup as well. And, I mean, Saka just came in to play. came in had to play Martinelli. I mean, he broke down eventually. I mean, Saliba broke down eventually. I mean, it, it was literally yeah. you know, not proper squad management, it was literally, you know, this is my team, how they're going to play, and it, it was the same last season, you know, we just had the Premier League, but we were just playing, you know, that same team almost week in, week out, and the team got found out, like you said, they had last few weeks of the season, that legs just came off, and it came down crashing.
0: And I mean, if you look also, the with the, um, what Una said, like, you know, with the team, he start playing into the ground physically. Um, you can also see, I mean, like, like look at Martinelli. It looked like an innocuous challenge. And yet, it's a, a tackle that puts him out for the remaining, like, say, a couple of games, but I will probably also a chunk of his summer holiday already, also. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it didn't look like. Okay, it was like a kind of late tackle, but it's almost like things like that. Normally, for, say, seven months of the season, he's riding those tackles, whether it's impact or not. But now it's almost like we're getting at the point of the season where the body is almost like at its red zone and, and now it's like every little kink and whatever gets smashed, like, a, you know, or injury is like tenfolding.
1: Yeah, that's why we have a squad. You have a squad so that, you know, you can tinker with it here there, you know. I know you want to have your best 11 all the time, but, I mean, look at City, for example. I know people would say, yeah, you can't on base City, they have you know, a big squad. But if you sit see like, the, the brainer, if he can get rested in a game where they know there's a big game coming up, you know, let let the brainer sit down on the bench. If he needs to come on, then they'll throw him on. Um, Roderick or whoever will, will get this, like, you know, minutes rest or Ireland, if the game is 3-0 up or something like that, what takes you off and more Okay, you can rest, you can rest, you can rest. So these guys can just sit their feet up for a bit and then get the game's rest. I mean, City basically didn't have to kick a ball and was to basically win the league yeah. title. And that just shows how easy we made it for them at the end. I mean, we should, we should have been thing. pretty on the neck, like, you know, you guys are going to have to play your starting 11 week in, week out, till the Champions League final, till the epic Cup final, you guys are going to have to play your week in, week out. They are playing, you know, Cole Palmer, they're playing... um You know, Alvarez now is leading the line. Their players could keep their feet up now, basically till, um, you know, the the two finals they have to play. I mean, that's how easy we made it for them. And, you know, you and I spoke about, you know, after the City defeat, you know, what we wanted. And we just said, you know, push City all the way. I mean, they threw to Brighton on, on Wednesday. And that being said, you know, maybe they wouldn't have drawn to Brighton because of they wouldn't have rotated. But also, they maybe could have, thrown to Brighton because Brighton had been a real thorn in a lot of team side so you know you kind of take it to the last day where they're playing away at Brighton where they probably would be a bit of nerves and you know we would play at home to Wolves and you never know what happens but it's like we just gave the title to City and said yeah you know here you go win the league title without
0: you know kicking a ball but you know like you know who also have already sorry for was like when you're throwing in people like Smothero, who was seriously lacking game time, and I mean, look, it's not like he's a bad player, but I mean, you could see he was totally like, even in that Forest game now, when he came on and that, they look lost because it's like, you know, I don't have the minutes, but yeah, I'm supposed to pull this game out of the fire, and that's why I, I thought in that sense, that I find very in a way selfish about Teta, I mean, oh, uh, look, I'm not uh, say like someone like saying Ketya's biggest fan, but I mean, when you throw him on I mean, he, he's already trying to feel his way, to just get in the team. And now you throwing him on towards like a rescue. Now you want to bring, you know, call on him to to uh, rescue
1: you. Yeah, and 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 uh, you don't you don't do that because yeah, you you as know, a player need to need to find your feet, need so you to find your form, and and you need to put the player in in a winning side. I'm sure you know that you, Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, yeah. um. Wouldn't be the play he was if City was stuttering all the time and and, and Pep throwing him on to, to win a game. Pep puts him in a team at 0-0 and gives him a chance, you know, or or when City's cruising 3-4-0, 3-0 when he throws him on and then maybe he picks up a goal. So obviously his confidence is always sky high. It's not like you see he throws him on when the game is 1-0 every time or his team is losing 2-0 and this is. Rescue the situation for me, and then obviously, the next week Nkete doesn't get a start, or yeah. doesn't get a start. So, how are they supposed to get minutes under their belt?
0: And I mean, look at those are told also everything about Arteta and Smith Rose relationship as well. Because, look, he didn't even like against uh Brighton, he got a f- lucky like, you know, a few minutes, and against uh Forest, uh, Vieira was called ahead of him to to play in midfield. And I mean, even though Vieira got bullied and buffed all over the show there, but I mean, it just shows you, I mean, I don't know. It's like you just don't have that, that cell. Like, he's got these group that he trusts with his heart and soul, but then it's like the others, no matter how much they try and whatever, it's like they just can't win him over. I don't
1: know. Yeah, uh, I think it happened with Tierney. I mean, to, to play Kivio over Tierney, and this K- Tierney has some kind of knock, but to, to play him over... Over Kivio, Kivio over TN, he says a lot to me. And then, like you say, you know, Vieira over Smith Row, and Smith Rowe you know, last year he's not really one of our better players until he got injured. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, Arteta doesn't like injury prone players that you can't rely on because, you know, you can't you can't build around an injury prone player because every time you think he's going to get somewhere, you, it breaks down. So I don't know if it's that or, or what is it? Because, I mean, I don't know what Kirtiani did to him that, you know, he, he went from being the, probably the first ever on the team sheet last season to just,
0: yeah. you know, not, not even getting a look in. Yeah, but I mean, that, look, how lively Arsenal if you do look when he comes on because all of a sudden then he started beating the, the full-back. He started getting crosses in, even though, of course, there was nobody really fighting for the ball in the, in the box, but so he was trying. But, I mean, that just shows you i mean i think he also lost his way totally
1: over the course of uh march and uh, sorry april and may i think totally lost his way there. yeah i know that, that, that april and may was really you know uh, it started that you know you are know, leading to at anfield and the game looks very comfortable i mean i remember when ASU scored and i saw was you know picking up my luggage at the airport just coming back from my honeymoon and i'm watching the game on my phone and i'm like you, know, you know, could good this um VR be season because I mean 2-0 n- up at Anfield where we've been um you know hammered all the, yeah. all this time. And you're kind of just thinking, yo, you, know, you know, can we make it three? Can we make it four? Yeah. All of a sudden, um Salah scores or Fasilli, you know, shouldn't have happened. And you know, we, we consider late equalizer. I mean, at the end of the game, you and I are still thinking a bit disappointed, but you know, you take a draw at Anfield, I mean, City lost there, and then you went to go and throw to West Ham, draw to Southampton, and, you know, the wheels just came
0: falling off very fast. I just think we got almost like lost in our own hype or something like that, because I just, like, the players now, because I think we, you can't blame the fans because the fans stood by it, stood by them throughout, and even though we were saying a game by game, I think they started also looking more over their shoulder, and I think that, is where that wobbling started because Pep kept on talking us up in the press and whatever, and I think that was just getting the head, that mind games and that. And I think that is where you needed also somebody, like, you know, the old guard mentality that would sometimes step up to a mic and then say, you know, something maybe back at Man City or whatever. Yes. We didn't really have anybody like that. And I think the more that wobbling started, the more they were looking over their shoulder. And as I think you called it also where you said, once they eat that sort of rhythm with that win win win, there's gonna be nothing to stop them. And that lead that you had, you should have been keeping once that evaporates, then you screwed because I mean they're gonna come past you.
1: Yeah. And and, and like you said, you know, I think they should have you know, made a, a sly comment or a sneaky comment as well, So, you know, City are always gonna be the favourites with their squad. I mean, you know, they they've been here before, they know what to do. So, you know, this is this is something that they used to throw something like that or yeah, you know, used to this ambition. and for me my guys are, are just to take it game by game and we're happy just to you know, be in the top four spots type of thing so it was like you said Arsenal players started looking on their shoulder and looking after City and I think where that nerves came in is the fact that you know City were just winning and winning and winning and, and you know it's almost like no matter how much we were winning they were just sitting behind us all the time and I think and, and I don't know, I could be wrong. I know it's all conspiracy and things like that. But, you know, if we had to beat Liverpool, I do think cities, that, that it's almost like they would have felt like, oh, flip, you know, can we catch the side because they just beat Liverpool at Anfield comfortably. And, or if we had to hold on to it, I mean, I think we go to beat West Ham if we beat Liverpool at Anfield. And, you know, Southampton would have probably been a, maybe a more straightforward game. And then, you kind of go to the Etihad with a, with a, with a you know, you, you play with a bit more freedom because we went to the Etihad, you know, first like, oh, yeah, we have a, a five-point lead going to the Etihad. Then it was, uh, oh, it should have been an eight-point lead and then a five-point lead, then a three-point lead and then we were like, you know, mm. three points going into the Etihad or two points or something like that. And then all of a sudden, now you needed to just, going from, ah, you could lose and be on top of the league. ah, you can draw and it'll still be fine to, you know, you have to win this game now. And I think that also just all played against us. And it's like the Arsenal team are chasing games so much as well towards the end of the season yeah. that, you know, you, you're exerting way more energy than just yeah. dominating a game and, and, and being able to to rotate you know, and play with the, you would say, the handbrake on eventually.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to know, quick grander with Man City now was from the April 1st, they put four past Liverpool in that 4-1 win. Then they went away to Southampton. They put four passes in there at that. Uh, at the stadiums St. and Mary's. Then they went to go to uh, to Bayern. Um, they played at the at the Bayern to put three passes them. Played OK, like eradication. Threatened Leicester, put three passes them. Then uh, again, like down the line, 26th of April, again, Ars- uh, Man City Arsenal put four passes. us. Then they go to West Ham. They put three passes them. They then again away at Everton. Bury Everton 3-0. Then they go beat uh, Real Madrid for So it's not like a train that's, you know, like a, a true juggernaut we, you're not going to, whatever you throw in their path, once like they're on that run. And as I said, once you threw that lead away or they threw the lead away, that totally messed them up because then all of a sudden you've got nothing to, uh, to, you know, keep like a buffer against them when they're coming, steaming through.
1: Yeah, you, you 100% that. That buffer could have won you the league, could we, you and I always were talking, uh, you know, we just need that, keep that gap going, because, you know, City can only play you once and take three points off you, and you also have a two-point gap, and all you need to do then is, you know, we did the hard part, beat Chelsea and Newcastle, but Brighton and Forest, you know, with the stumbling blocks, and we just, you know, we we never let City panic enough, it's like we almost, you know, folded completely, like, oh, wheels coming off, Completely, like we we were our own worst enemies because City was the one that was chasing us for a large part of the season and I think, you know, Ateta literally played these guys to the ground and I think by not being solid defensively at your own ground also led to you having to exert yourself yeah. so much every time having to chase the game trying to see a team off. You know, like City, how much of those games, like you said, now when I mean, you beat Liverpool 4-1, that's no easy feat. Then you should say Southampton also. No, you, you, you can take players off at 3-0 and you know, tell players, oh, you rest your feet, you know, or, or or the brain. I mean, they had Champions League, FA Cup, other games to focus on in between as well. You know, we only had one competition and, you know, that's where it comes down sometimes, you know. Play competitions to its merit. Just play yeah. them. Whatever
0: happens, happens. You can't say you're going to focus on the Premier League. Because look what happened. Because what, you know, Aiden, what I couldn't get my head around. It's like, if you think, okay, look, after the, the um, City defeat, then we, we came back with that 3-1 win against Chelsea, and then i mean a fantastic win at, at St. James's against Newcastle. But then how do you go from that to losing 3-0 at the Emirates against Brighton? So it's like all your hard work that you did there to grind out at the stadium that you lost that last season, you come up against Brighton, and you almost like just, you know, start waving the white flag.
1: And, and and last season and as well Brighton got the better of us. I mean Yeah at, at the Emirates Stadium. It doesn't that they know how to beat us there. But I mean, you like I'm and and, 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 and I you know I think back my comment. Yes, I felt deflated last week against Everton when City or last week I went City or two weeks ago, sorry, when City beat Everton 3 yeah. 0. But I mean he a professional footballer, you know you should know, you know you know what guys. If we beat Brighton and we go and beat Forest, City still have to go and do the business against Brighton away from home in Brentford. You know, allow them to have to force themselves to beat Brentford <laughs> and Brighton. Like, give them that. You know, let's go. Like, are not over yet. When all it takes is, you know, they start the game bad. Somebody picks up a red card, and you, you know, you, you find yourself two two down away against Brighton, and now you have to go and beat. Um, putting foot on the last day of the season at, at the stadium, you know, anything can happen there as well. But you let if you're going to fold over, and it just shows you the team's mentality as well. I mean, it's not you know, maybe they were tired, but there are times we just have to kind of just push yourselves over the line. You need to cut out the mistakes, you need to, yeah. you know, but I mean, it, it, it all comes down also to like silly results that you look back to the season. I mean you have Southampton dropping four points against Southampton, the team that's lost in the long and relegated and Everton side fighting relegation and Nottingham Forest as well fighting relegation. You have to look at, at certain results and say to yourself, you know, why are we beating Newcastle, Spurs, all these guys away from home and Chelsea home and away, United, the Everett, all these things, but you can't get the simple result against Brighton. Not saying it's a simple result, but, you know, if you can beat, if you're beating the other side, you need to be beating Southampton at home. And and also avoid conceding. It's just that this, I don't know, they, they are they to fix certain things from last season? But now there's more things that need to be fixed because I don't recall conceding as much goals at the Eminence Stadium last season. I could be
0: wrong. Um. So in, uh, we have the last match of the season tomorrow in uh, Wolves. Second meets 13th. Um, look, I don't have that much to say about this, but um, it's almost like a, a, it was a dead rubber. But I mean, it's like last yeah. season, is not much to play for anyway. Um, I mean, I just really hope for a better showing. I think as a thank you to the fans, because I mean, they almost like held the fire. For most of the part, especially when the heads were down and it looks like it looked like the, you know, the game was done and dusted earlier in the season, and then that that crowd actually gave him almost like that 12-man mentality, and, and and almost like got us over the the line against teams like Man United and and um, Liverpool or oh, brought Portsmouth, yeah. And especially in games that you thought, jeez, how how they get out of this. So even that that game that ended up in a three-three draw, because. Yes. I mean, everything looked die on that day and um, somehow that crowd still didn't let up and they really pushed it for the team to get over the line. So... so I hope for a better showing and I mean, I also hope that you know, Granit Xhaka also gets a good uh, sending off because I think it's probably going to be a, a end of a, a good, what, seven-year chapter that he had at the club.
1: Oh, he just confirmed now that he's...
0: that's, that's, that's it. The thing is, he, he's still very vague about it but he, from what... Um, Different guys I've listened to so far. They said he actually wanted Arsenal to be more like public about it. So it it was like they can all prepare themselves also mentally, like, like even himself. I mean, he's probably going to have his family there tomorrow. And that, because I I think that also like the way the crowd can also, you know, have their way of giving him a a, a solid sending off because I mean, he had a a solid uh, when he started at the club, then he had that, that. Dark period in his career at the club, and then all of a sudden, without Teta there, it was like rejuvenated him. I mean, we also was part of helping us getting the 2020 uh, 20, uh, FA Cup uh, uh, title. So, I mean, uh, for me, it's going to be a fantastic, like for me, when I see him and then he ends this chapter there, I mean, it's for me, it's also a redemption.
1: Yeah, no, no, Ethan. You know, from the start, even though there's ups and downs, I think I've always had a soft spot for Xhaka. Um, in the team, because I think he was one of the guys that always had that fire and always upward. Yes, you know, he was, sometimes he had his moments, but, you know, he was one of the guys that was always ready for a fight. You know, he was never scared or backed off forever who he was going to play. I think he matured, you know, maybe a bit too late in his Arsenal career, because, you know, everything he wanted to get him, maybe two, three years earlier, maybe he would have been a, you know, maybe he would have been a more mature player sooner. And but you he, know
0: he really prospered in that
1: position that I got for him now. So you know you have to just you know he was loyal to the club. I mean, seven years these days is you know quite a while at the club. So you know he was really place him, I hope I hope they they don't have to you know cut costs, but actually go now for you know proper yeah. proper player that can actually do the job.
0: So, I mean, from there, I'm move mean, straight into, you know, talking point section. Um, you know, if you think of, like, whether it's, like, us doing the podcasting and, and, or the fan base and that, and maybe even, you know, pundits or whatever, like, with the reactions from the start of the season to the way it's ended, like, do you think it's, like, a genuine reaction, or do you think it's also something in parts an overreaction to how it's panned out?
1: Look, I think it's an overreaction. Yeah. Um... You know, emotions have run high. But if you look at our podcast, I don't know, it was, it was our last season ended. Um, but if you look at our podcast in the start of the season, we we were just hoping for a top four, you know? And and, and I know you always say, you know, just maybe sometimes give a good account for yourself in the title race. Yeah. Um, The way the season started, the way it panned out, I mean, even up until the World Cup, you know, you and I would have still sitting, you know, top four is is in the back of our mind, thinking, Yo, could we do this? And I think the team eventually got to, to, to Feb, still top, you know, March, still top, and then obviously April, that's when kind of the wheels follow off. where we were still top, probably till almost the end of April, at the end of it all. But um, I think it was a good season. It was a season where we, we got back to the Champions League. I'm sure you miss hearing that Champions League anthem booming, and your side is actually in the Champions League, I think um, you know we we should be we're happy that we're back there. I mean, if it wasn't for us, City would have probably wrapped the title up in December. Yeah. So I think the wheels just came off and we lacked a bit of experience. As guys, haven't been there before. We've been there now, so I think maybe we can you know figure out what has happened and how we can improve and you know know that squad depth is important to win the Premier League title if you're going up against a juggernaut who's kind of almost matching every result towards the end. I mean, Liverpool have felt that as well. But I do think it's a bit of an overreaction by fans, puns and whatever, because, you know, a lot of the people never expected Arsenal to to be there. I mean, last season, we you and I said to just get back into Europe would be a good season. This season, we see Krug getting into the Champions League. So, you know, for me personally, obviously there's disappointment about a bit of regret, but, you know, we've, we we can hold our head up high and, and, and say, you know, there's only one team better than us in the Premier League.
0: But I mean, I think, like, you know, points to tackle like over the summer and I think that those goals and then you know, with that video clip I sent you the other day from that, and I don't know if he's either the, the, his YouTube channel called it a different knock. Um, yeah. Where I think it was something that he said, and I actually felt like a fool for thinking always like that. And I, my thing was always for every position, they have two players. And the way is yeah. have it all around, like, a, a squad that's more versatile, like, you know, focus more on versatility than, oh, yeah, just putting two numbers there on that position, three years of bodies for this position, like that. We you think about, because I think versatility is think thing going to carry you, like, way more better, like, you know, through a, a campaign.
1: Yeah, I know, it's, it, it's it's true. Like, obviously, the guy needs to be competent in the position, but... Like, yeah. you look at a, a, a player profile, like you said, player profiles, like, you know, we need it. yes, you have a striker, similar like Asus, but you need another striker that's maybe, you know, a different profile, whether he's tall and fast or something, that can play the ball behind, because with mm-hmm. different teams, you're going to be able to set up differently. You know, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, this guy's guaranteed to play. Everything. Obviously, a guy like Saka, maybe Odegaard or guys that, you know, will probably be nailed on starters, but you need to be have a like an all-round back for I mean, or like you know your centre backs that can be versatile. That if you know if you see for three games in a row you're conceding two goals a game or you know one goal every game, yeah. something's not right. Then then you yeah. can say okay, you know Ben White centre back, Tommy Yasso, yeah, right back, and that's it. You know now you say okay, that's like switch it up like that, but not every time. Oh, this player only plays if this. I mean, Tommy you can play right-back, or you can try him out centre-back, or maybe you have a, a centre-back who can slot in in defensive midfield as well. So, like like John Stones, for example. I mean, you've seen him some games play as a as a second defensive mid, or you see him some playing as a centre-back. So yeah. you need to add something similar to that. I'm sure Saliba could even do a role like that. But, you know, I, I, I actually enjoyed that video, like you said, um, we, you know you and I, and I also you don't know, believe that I mean even on FIFA I was like okay you know this guy will replace this guy when when there's an injury or, or when I'm trying to you know, my squad for cup, cup competitions but I think maybe that's also where you you frustrate your squad and and, and you make players unhappy because if you're only going to play in cup games you know you know I'm not gonna play this no need for me what, what's the reason for me to perform? But if you, I guess if you have this player profile thing where, you know, you you couldn't call the to play center mid, or you could get called upon to play right back, or you could get called upon to play, you know, defensive mid. So, you know, there's a chance for you to play regardless if, you know, Saliba or or Gabriel plays. um, A guy like Kivio or Tierney can still play, or if Renchenko plays, Tierney can still have a part to play in the starting 11. But now it's almost like you've isolated people and, now you throw somebody in from the cold and like with Emile Smith-Rowe, you know, you're telling him, do something.
0: But well, you know, one thing that, that also stood out to me about, um, uh, you know, points to tackle over, uh, over the summer, that, you know, being more, like with the with, uh, tactics we have, in that variety of, uh, like like for me, like is something like over the top of the head now that's been, you know, bouncing all the time. And then it also gets on my chest. <clears throat> when you look at that goal, of Kevin De Bruyne at uh, Etihad against Arsenal, the minute Ireland plays the ball through to him, like, you know for a fact Arsenal would have, uh, our guys would have probably run wide from the box. Yeah. check the ball back or do something to, like, dribble themselves into the box. The minute De Bruyne got the ball, I mean, you just saw him take a quick look where Amsdale was and then, bang, goal in the back of the net and that is it. And that is the sort of thinking we need faster Because... Everything, I mean, you can see that the, the more pedestrian you get mentally in, in a match, you your opponent is just getting bodies behind the ball, which is making it even tougher and making you almost like mentally tired. You know, you don't know where to get those little angles now to get your, your intricate passes through since that is that like out type of thing. But if you have a snappier way of playing, then you're going to start hurting teams. And you need maybe
1: another, another striker who's, like, very good in the air, like, you know, you shouldn't be, like, a guy, oh, yeah, he's a second-string striker. You need a guy that, you know, in when teams, is hard to break down, even if you go, like, a 4-4-2 or, like, a, a attacking, like, your, your, your second striker, like, almost playing as an attacking mate behind him. But then you fling balls in the box as well, put crosses in, let him attack crosses, because, like, we've been having to, to grind out games just attacking one way all the time, and if the team puts players behind the ball, it's almost like we look, you know, lost of ideas. But yeah, if you it, have an option of of just scooping the ball in, how many times have we seen Olivier Giroud get to the end of things where, you know, where you thought the chips were down, and then you, you you know you get onto a header or something like that. And you know,
0: another person who's also like, I uh, also bring up of 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 City or the way they play. Have you noticed also, like? When when city on the attack and they kind of like say four against three or something like that, they will actually give that ball to the fourth person of theirs, like greeley. And it's almost like he has a still chance to collect the ball, nobody's marking him, and he's gonna place the ball and bury it. Whereas yeah. you just know if Martinelli goes out that he's gonna still go either wider or he's gonna run <laughs> down to the touchline. And th- that is where I think that 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 mentality of thinking needs to be faster.
1: Yeah. And I mean Greeley's I mean he's like if you look at him as a player, he 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 doesn't have anything sp- like he's sp- like yes he's he, he he dribbles well but there's nothing like extra special about him. If you if you had to put players in who would you want your team Grealish or Martinelli? In terms of ability you'd probably take Martinelli because he has it all. Like if he could just slow his mind a bit sometimes he would be a very dangerous player.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he overthinks. They need you know, by the time he should be crossing the ball, he tries to shoot from an acute angle, or sometimes when he has time to now pick out the pass, he almost like overthinks it and then either, you know, smashes it over or loops it over the far post. Yeah, but I, I think that's also fine, fine lines that need to be fine tuned, and I think that should be to the benefit of the team. Um and the last batch of, of things I'm gonna mention now before we end of the podcast. Um the players for next year... look next week we'll probably be almost like a bumper edition we're gonna do the wolves review and then of course i want you to you know like the next few days and that also make up your list of your season player player ratings and then also your moments of the season whether it's bad or good or whatever i'll also notify you that later on and then of course um how do you think or oh, i'll basically do it like now with the plans over the summer period regarding podcasts Since so i mean we're only playing in july
1: also like 19th something like that i think it, i think um that's when we could maybe get back into it like you know before yeah. oh no, it's before after that game because i think uh we've we've we, we've been going on just as hard as yeah. arsenal you know from, from 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 when we when i was in germany but yeah. you i mean we carried on right through and you know we just had that little i don't think i think we even during the World Cup, we had, you know, a few chats here and there. But, I mean, you know, I think it will be a good, good good, break as well and to come back Absolutely. again refreshed as the, the Arsenal comes back again.
0: Yeah, I think that would also be best. Yeah. Just also to mentally recoup. I feel, I'm sure the listeners and, and, and Arsenal fans in general worldwide also just need to, you know, unplug after the Wolves game and just, you know, let things flow. Just watch football again as a football fan and not as a group yeah. Okay, if you have anything else to say before we end off? Sure. Nah, no, I'm all good. Okay, so guys, enjoy the match tomorrow. Hopefully we can go out with a bang. Take care, guys. Come on, you gunners.
1: Come on, you gunners.